0: Pacific Coast Church, happy July 4th. We hope that this holiday is fun and safe for you and your family. We are so excited today to start our new series, Suit Up. But before we get to that, gosh, there's so many things for you to be praying for. We are still in the middle of what could be really huge negotiations for a potential longer-term space for us to be present in. And so please continue to pray. Your giving is more important than ever right now. Just as a reminder, you can text the word donation to 84576. You can go online at pacificcoast.church and give. And as always, you can mail your checks to Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. We also want to make sure that you're submitting your prayer requests this is so important we're praying every single week to do that you can text the word pacific to 84576 or as always just visit us online there's so much to be praying about and also so much going on if you're a part of our dream team make sure that you rsvp for the dream team cookout that one's going to be a blast but really we want you to join a small group too go online make sure you do that today don't do this season alone. We are excited about getting together again in person. So make sure that you stay connected to our social media. That's where you'll get all the updates. So without further ado, we're excited for week one of Pseudo.
1: Well, hey, what's up Pacific Coast Church? My name is JF Wilkerson, and I want to thank you for joining me today on Independence Day. It's the 4th of July and I know everyone's so excited for that. I know my kiddos are out of their minds pumped and they've been asking me about fireworks all week long. Any of you parents in the same boat with me? So I guess I gotta figure that out as safely as possible, right? But this household is pumped up, but man, this is always such a fun day, of celebration throughout our country. So my hope, my prayer, is that you're spending it with your loved ones and that you eat some good barbecue. I mean, isn't that kind of what we're supposed to eat on the 4th of of July? Well, maybe, I mean, maybe you have a different foodie tradition on the 4th and that's totally okay. But I must say, I'm so grateful that we live in a country that allows us to even do what we're doing right now. You know, I've, I've traveled to places in this world where gathering in Jesus' name is strictly prohibited and carries heavy consequences. So I do not want to take what we're doing right now for granted whatsoever. And I got to say it out loud. I'm so blessed to raise my children in a free nation. But how many of you know freedom isn't free? So on this Independence Day, I want to say thank you to those that went on before us, those that paid the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom. So today, Listen, as you start on your second Nathan's hot dog, come on, take a minute and count your blessings. As you go in for another round of those killer baked beans and granny's famous coleslaw, come on. Thank God for our country. As imperfect as it is, knowing we still got a lot of work to do, we're allotted so many opportunities here in America than so many others elsewhere, okay? Hey, we just finished our series on the book of Ephesians called Dear Ephesus. And, you know, Ashley and I, were we, we've just been very prayerful about where we wanted to go in our next teachings. And so with that, instead of including Paul's passages about the full armor of God in our dear Ephesus study, we really felt like the Holy Spirit wanted us to do an entire series on the full armor of God. Because here's the deal, church. We believe that we're entering into a new season that God's calling us to prepare for. One in which he's calling us to truly suit up for spiritual battle. And so with that reality, we have to go to the word for direction and insight. Some of you uh, that know me, like you know that my favorite place in the world to travel is to the Middle East. There's just something about being in that part of the world that excites me. And a whole lot of it has to do with just how almost all of the Bible's physical settings are rooted there. And I can remember back in 2015, I had an opportunity to travel to Lebanon with a Christian organization that was heavily involved with the relief work pertaining specifically to the Syrian refugee crisis that was taking place at the Lebanese-Syrian border. And if you remember, this was at the height of ISIS, who was ruthlessly trying to establish their caliphate in Iraq, and Syria. And so Syrians were fleeing literally in the millions. And so, with that, our team was stationed in Beirut and we were driving down into the Bekaa Valley right up to the Syrian border where we were right along the road to Damascus, which was also known as the road to hell because of all the death and destruction ISIS was causing at, at that time. In fact, I probably shouldn't have, but I called Ashley at one point. And while she was on the phone, I could literally hear bombs and explosions coming from behind the Syrian mountain range that extended along that vast valley. And in that moment, she said, what was that? And I said, oh, that's just Damascus being shelled. No worries. Just go back to sleep. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that that probably wasn't the best idea. But listen, I can remember vividly a Syrian pastor who had risked his life by crossing the border into Lebanon to simply come and pray and meet with our team and to share his story. And I was blown away by that. Why would this man take such a huge risk? And so, you know what? I just point blank asked him that. I said, brother, like, why would you risk such danger just to come meet with us? And I'll never forget what he said to me with a huge smile on his face. He said, you know what, JFU Americans have the hardest time seeing that it's not just Syria or the Middle East that's at war we're all in a war. And what he said is so true. Whether we acknowledge it or not, we are all in a war. You know, maybe this is, a, this is new to you, but scripture is clear about the reality of the spirit world and a war that is raging around us. We sometimes call this spiritual warfare. This is a war being fought in a realm that we don't usually see with our physical eyes. And it's being fought over power, over possession, and over our very souls. This is the reason that it's so important as followers of Jesus to be aware of not only our assignments, but how God is calling us to protect ourselves from the enemy of our souls. Our anchor passages for this series will be out of Ephesians, just like we talked about last week. And as we discussed last week, Paul addresses not only the spiritual war, but also what our role is in it. And also, how we're to walk it out. So I want to read it together. Here's, here's the instructions. Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How do we do that? Well, we got to suit up. He says, put on the full armor of God That it won't be possible for us to truly stand without these elements. And and here's the thing. He's explaining yet another military picture. Remember, Remember why he's doing this. Because these pictures would have been illustrations that the entirety of that culture would have understood clearly. Okay, so verse 14. He says, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. As we mentioned last week, in this series, we're going to go through each part of the ancient armor that Paul is referencing and, and, and talk about how it's utilized in our daily lives to fight the good fight, in this spiritual war, and so the first one that we're going to look at on Paul's list comes from Ephesians six verse fourteen. It says, "Stand firm, then, with the belt or uh, of truth buckled around your waist." So, so the belt of truth. I, I don't know about you, but when I think of armor and protection and weapons, a belt is definitely not what comes to mind. But what I found in studying is that in the armor of that time, the belt was literally the most important piece in the warrior's entire suit. Seriously, the belt? Yeah, it it, it was a piece that literally held the entirety of all of the armor together. It was the one element that made the rest of the armor function properly and be able to serve its purpose. And it was always the first piece that was put on. I mean, talk about a powerful picture. And so Paul tells us that That's exactly what truth is to be for the believer, understanding and knowing real truth. And what is truth is the one element in our lives that everything else hinges upon. Think about that for a second. Let that sink in. What you believe to be true in your life literally determines and affects everything else. Oh my goodness. Listen, if you're looking for an example, just look back over the course of the last 18 months or so, right? I mean, I rest my case there. And here's the thing, Paul doesn't just say to be aware of truth. The vivid descriptions of these pictures are really important. He says to put it on. In fact, in the original language, he doesn't just say buckle the belt of truth around your waist. He said gird your loins with the belt of truth. Girding your loins is not a phrase that we typically use now. To gird would be to bind up or cover in a secure and protective way. Your loins is the physical area of your core, which at a basic level really is the foundation of where your physical strength comes from. Now, my personal trainer, wait a second, let let me back up. I don't have a personal trainer, but listen, maybe your personal trainer where does she spend most of your workouts? Oh yeah, right here, the core. Your core has to be strong because it literally holds up and produces more strength in other parts of your body. So why does that matter? What Paul is commanding here is that truth is to be a covering and a securing of the core of who we are and also of what our lives will produce. There are so many implications here. Not only does the concept of what you believe is truth matter because it affects every aspect of your actions and your life, but it also matters because the number one tactic of the enemy is, and always has been, is deception. In fact, when Jesus himself talked about Satan, he said this about him in John 8. Look at this, John 8:44 the second part of that. It says, "Satan, he Satan was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language." For he is a liar and the father of lies. So Paul is saying that first and foremost, the very first thing that we have to make a conscious choice to put on to be able to stand in the way God is calling us is to gird the core of our being with truth. And as simple as that sounds, it feels a little complicated, doesn't it? I mean, we live, we live in such a subjective area and culture Where people feel that they get to define their own truths. And when we do that, we end up strapping on to the core of our being, something that's destructive instead of the protective armor that God desires for us to have. All right? So today, I wanna look at three questions that I believe we have to ask ourselves about what we believe as truth and then look at what the scripture clearly states concerning each matter. Okay? So here, here's if you take a notes, write this down. The first question is, number 1, who and what defines truth? I have three younger brothers. And uh, I can remember years ago when we were really young, my second brother, my brother Richie and I, we were walking down the sidewalk in our neighborhood. And he kept jumping over every crack in the concrete. And so I asked him, "Rich, uh, why do you keep jumping over all these cracks? I mean, you already know where I'm going with this, right? And, and, and so he stopped and he turned around and he said, well, well, JF, my friend Jason from school told me that if I step on one of these cracks, it'll break mom's back. And we can't have mom with a broken back. <laughs> Listen, who and what you believe to be true is a big deal. So the big question I have for you is, who defines what's true for you in your life? Is it the media? Is it people around you? Is it people's Instagram posts? Here's a hard one. Is it your feelings? Is it your perception or only what you can see? Does that define what's true for you? Who decides what is true? Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you want to be his disciple, then truth is determined by the word of God, period. It's not determined by feelings or by emotion or by Hollywood or by your friends or by your spouse. Truth is determined only by his word. His written word, the Bible... And his rhema word, meaning what the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And they will never, never, never contradict each other because they're the same spirit and we need both. And Jesus was very clear in explaining this to his disciples. He was preparing them for all that was to come after he was going to ascend to heaven and send the Holy Spirit. John 16, look at this, starting in verse 12. He said, this is is Jesus talking. He says, I have much more to say to you More than you can now bear, meaning I could tell you, but it would be more than you can even comprehend or take right now. Verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, meaning the Holy Spirit, and I love that he calls him the spirit of truth. Here we are. Come on now. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth, speaking truth directly to you. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me. Remember that Jesus is the word of God in the flesh form because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Who and what defines truth? If you're a follower of Jesus, it is the written word of God and also the spoken word from the Holy Spirit. And we must have both to walk fully in the truth, the way the Lord desires. And and I've used this illustration before, but it's similar to needing a map and also GPS. The map being an illustration of the word of God and the GPS being the Holy Spirit, giving us Turn-by-turn directions. And here's the reality. The GPS cannot operate without the existence of the map. And in our daily lives, we need that GPS with the turn-by-turn directions and the rerouting to get us where we're going. We need both God's written word and His spoken word through the Holy Spirit. And while we know this, sometimes we find that it's not, it's not always super easy to understand Scripture. Scripture. And sometimes it's not always easy to know if the nudges we're getting are actually the Holy Spirit speaking. So really that leads us to the next question. Number two, how do we really know the truth? You know, even when we know what needs, what, what needs to define what is true for us, it's not always super simple to actually know and understand it, right? Anyone have pet peeves out there? You know, my my wife Ashley has one that I think is so hilarious. Is any of you finicky with your toilet paper rolls? Like, so, so in our house, it's the bathroom law that the toilet paper has to lay over the front and not the back. In fact, Ashley told her women's Bible study group that the best way to remember is 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 that bangs are good mullets are bad, right? And I, on the other hand, think mullets rock, but I I digress, okay? All right, Uh, listen, another one that Ashley and I share is when people quote scriptures but don't finish the complete thought. For instance, we always hear people say, well, the Bible says that truth will set you free. No, friends, that's not what the Bible says. (laughs) I mean, if, if the simple existence of truth set people free, then no one would be in bondage, anywhere, ever. Scripture says something very different. Let's look to the passage that people are referring to and misquoting. Here, Jesus is talking to his disciples that were Jews. John 8, 31 says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And and as my disciples When you hold to my teachings, verse 32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Wait, don't don't miss that. This is the scriptural answer to that question. You want to know how to begin that process of better understanding scripture and more clearly hearing from the Holy Spirit? Then you begin to hold tight to Jesus' teachings, what he said and what he did. And when you follow or or hold to what Jesus taught and what Jesus did, then you will begin to better understand the truth. It's a process. And then and only then, you will begin to experience freedom in the forms and processes that Jesus provides. You have to hold to his teachings to begin to even know and hear the truth. And then you'll start to experience freedom. Yeah, yeah, freedom from bondage but also the freedom that comes when you begin to understand that you do hear from the Holy Spirit. And the awesomeness of operating in what he is speaking and allowing him to bring God's word word alive to you in ways that only he can. It's an incredible thing. You know, my uh, my little brother Taylor, he got his master's in theology at Princeton. He, He studied scripture with some of the most brilliant minds on the planet. And I can remember having so many conversations with him about how discouraging it was for him that there were people there at Princeton studying with him with him, and, and, and some even teaching in the theology department that knew every single line of scripture and studied it hours upon hours, days, and yet didn't even believe. How can that happen? Because truth isn't just knowing scripture. The Jews knew the scripture. Most had the entire t- Torah memorized and yet didn't even recognize Jesus when they were staring right at him, the Messiah, square in the face, the living word. Because knowing the law is different from knowing the truth. Look at how scripture explains it in John chapter 1, starting in verse 14. And the word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory And even if we know every scripture and have them memorized and study them every single day, just like some of those professors that my little brother studied under, if you don't allow the Holy Spirit to reveal the power and truth of God's word and allow the Holy Spirit to draw you and nudge you and speak to you, you'll never, ever be able to walk in the truth the way that God's calling you. You know, I'm reminded of Jesus' conversation with the Samaritan woman. Remember that well? And look at how he, he, he explained this truth to her in John chapter 4, 23. He said, A time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the Spirit and in truth. You cannot live a life that is worshiping the Lord the way he desires without without letting his spirit actively lead you. That's the only way you'll ever begin to understand and know real truth. So we've talked about, number one, who and what defines truth. We know that it's God's written word, meaning the scriptures, and also his spoken word, through the Holy Spirit to us directly and those never contradict ever. We've covered at least some of number two like how do we really know the truth? Well we understand that as we hold to the teachings of Jesus what he said and what he did and allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives worshiping in spirit and truth then we begin to truly know and understand truth and that always that it always brings freedom. The freedom that only the Lord Jesus can provide. And lastly, let's get really practical. Write this down. Number three, how do we put on the belt of truth? How do we do this first step of putting on the full armor of God so that we can stand in this spiritual world? And here's the thing, there's no coincidence that Paul starts with the belt of truth in this military picture that he's giving us. It was the first part of the armor that every soldier put on first. Yes, it does make all the other armor fit together and function properly, and so clearly it's a big deal, but what does that look like for us as Christians in 2021 on Independence Day, when most of us don't even, like, Wear, we don't even, so much as we don't like. We don't even wear physical belts, man. Less, you know, actual, you know, armor. So the closest thing that I ever ever come to wearing anything like those types of belts were that were used in the ancient armor was was, was the first time I stepped into a weight room. I, I was in elementary school, and I was the oldest in my family, so I I, I didn't have an older brother that taught me about like weightlifting, and I, and I can remember walking through that weight room at the YMCA off of Pearl and seeing that huge dude with one of those, you know, remember those thick, those thick belts strapped so tight. And I, I remember thinking that the only thing I'd seen similar to, to it was one of those old school girdle type belts that my mom would wear. And I, and I, I can remember like her talking about how uncomfortable they were and they looked awful and restricting. I never understood why she did that, but but I could, I, so I remember walking up to this big dude and asking him, why in the heck he had this uncomfortable tight belt on and, and, and when he was trying to get stronger and I'll, I'll never forget his answer. He, he said, you think this looks restricting, but what you see as restricting is actually protecting and allowing me to lift more and become stronger. Wow, do you, do you see the similarities there? God's truth, following his word and his spirit What so many perceive as restrictive and uncomfortable and confining is actually the opposite. It's what supports us and protects us and allows us to grow stronger. So what does it look like to put that belt of truth on? Well, it looks like daily making a choice to stop and ask yourself a version of the questions we've listed above. It means stopping before you react in a situation making sure the core of your response, the core of your perspective on it, is girded or, or, or you know supported, held together, not by emotion or deception, but by God's truth, and that you are listening for how the Holy Spirit is leading. No other piece of your protective armor from God will function properly if you're not willing to do this. There's this churchy word that, that used to be used a lot, in evangelical circles called sanctification. Here's the thing, to sanctify something is to set it apart for specific and an important use. It, it meant not common, it, it was it was to be set apart for something special or holy. Jesus used this term in a powerful prayer that he prayed to God the Father. He was praying specifically for his disciples. And, and by the way, if you're one of his disciples, he's praying it for you too. He prays for their protection in the first part. And then he also prays for this. Let's look at the scripture, John chapter 17, starting verse 15. Here's Jesus. He says, my prayer is not that you take them, his disciples, out of the world. God, God, I know you have a purpose for them, a reason that they're still in the battle. So I'm not praying that you take them out of the battle, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify, there it is, set them apart, help them. Help them and others to recognize that you have a special and specific purpose for them. Sanctify them by what? By the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. This making a conscious choice to daily align yourself and your life decisions and choices and your reactions and your relationships and your stewardship of your time and your money and your resources and your goals and your plans, all of it, when you first, before anything else, make a choice to put on the holding of the core of who you are with the truth as defined by God's word and the leading of the Holy Spirit, well, at that point, Even with just a belt, the enemy is terrified. All right. So today, I I, want to pray for you as we've started this this new series. Who and what defines truth? We know that it's God's written word, scriptures, and also his spoken word through the Holy Spirit directing us. And, And those never contradict, ever. That second question how do we really know the truth? Well, we understand that as we hold to the teachings of Jesus, what he said and what he did, and allowing the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives, worshiping in spirit and truth, then we begin to truly know and understand truth. And what does it bring? It always brings freedom. The freedom that only the Lord can provide. And that third and last thought was practical. Like, how do we put it on? That belt of truth? That daily conscious choice to first align and hold everything in our world, with the truth as God states, it's through, it's all throughout scripture and spirit, what seems like something that could be constricting is the essence of your strength, all right? So uh, we're gonna pray now. We started this new series, and I love the very fact that the foundation, this belt of truth, our core, I'm not talking about physical core, but I love the picture that Paul paints for us. I'm talking about our spiritual core, where everything flows out of has to be rooted in truth. God's word through his Holy Spirit and his written word. Let me let me pray for you today. I wonder on this 4th of July, this Independence Day, where we've been talking about truth. And maybe you're here and you're watching and you're getting ready to have an awesome barbecue. Maybe you're headed out to the lake or Your kids are excited, as my kids are, about fireworks and all this stuff. And that's all great. But you've tuned in today. And maybe you've been searching for truth. And today, I want you to know today, as a follower of Jesus, God's word is true. I want you to know today, on this Freedom Day, as we live in this free country, that you can also be spiritually free in Jesus. And I wonder on this 4th of July, if you're watching and you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I feel like I've been in spiritual bondage for so long. I, I mean, I could I could rattle through the list of things in my life that have got me all wrapped up in chains, if you will. Maybe maybe it's addiction issues. Maybe it's relationship issues. You, you can't seem to... I don't know, stay in a relationship, or you've hurt people, or all of the different stuff that humanity battles. I'm telling you right now that Jesus Christ can set you free today. So I wanna pray for you as we uh, celebrate today. Man, I wanna celebrate with somebody watching right now. Just like scripture talks about, that when somebody gives their life, when someone says yes to Jesus, man, You talk about a party in heaven. The angels, man, throw a rager in heaven for people that say yes. And so today I'm going to pray for you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be free in Jesus. Come on, say a prayer. Something like this. This isn't religion, okay? It's a conversation with the almighty living God who loves you so much. Say, Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that I can be free. Jesus, come into my life. I need you. You know every detail about me. You know the things that even my closest friends don't even know. But I thank you despite who I think I am. You see me so much differently. I am your child. and So Jesus, right now, I just say yes to you. Come into my life. I say sorry. This word repentance, I know that's a big old school word. But repentance is simply saying, Lord, forgive me of my mistakes, my sin. Repentance is simply turning the other direction from the direction you were going in, right? So Lord, just come into my life. I'm a broken person. By the way, I I prayed this prayer too. I'm a broken man, broken woman. But I thank you, Jesus, that you have the power to heal me. So I just receive that right now. I say yes to you. I'm, I'm gonna follow you the rest of my life. And yes, I'm gonna make mistakes. But I know that you're gonna be there to pick me back up. So, Lord, I receive your freedom today, and I receive your truth. And let me just say one more prayer for those of you who are followers of Jesus that are watching right now. And maybe this idea of spiritual warfare, you're like, man, I feel like I've heard that before. I don't totally understand. We're going to be talking about this is just really the beginning, but it's real, right? So Paul knows it's real, and so he says, "You got to suit up, man. You got to be ready." And so maybe, maybe you're watching today, and you say, "Pastor, I it makes sense. It makes sense why I feel like the enemy's been teeing off on me. I haven't, I haven't stepped into this process of suiting up." And so if that's you today, I, I want to pray for you that that you'll start with. I'll join you that you'll start with that belt of truth. That that in a, in a subjective culture that we live in. Where everybody's owning their own truth and where we're hearing all kinds of things and voices that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that his word is truth. His Holy Spirit is speaking constantly is truth. As long as it's aligned with his word, they don't contradict each other. And so I'm going to pray. If you say, "Pastor, pray for me," I, I am today on Independence Day. I'm I'm be, I'm beginning the suiting up process by saying yes. I'm starting with God's truth. Maybe maybe you got to take some time today and and hop into His Word to remind you, <laughs> man. I, this is this is a spiritual discipline. We're broken humans, and from time to time, we can forget. Right. So that's why it's so important to stay in His Word and. And, and, and stay in a process of quieting ourselves to hear directly from the Holy Spirit. If that's you, man, I, I'm gonna pray with you and pray for me because I, I, wanna, I wanna grow in this area too. All right, Lord, thank you for every friend watching right now, Lord. God, I pray specifically for those of you, for, for those that are watching right now that are your followers. Lord God, I thank you for them and I pray on this 4th of July that even today that they would take a minute and, and in a very spiritual way, just suit up, starting with your truth, Lord God. Some of us need to take some time today and just get back into your word. Some of us need to make, make a phone call to somebody who we look up to, who maybe has been walking with you for a long time to get some clarity. This is so important. So I just pray for my friends right now that in a, in a, in a world of chaos, in a world where there's so much noise, and in a world where the media sometimes takes over <laughs> our ears and that happens from time to time. But Lord, we just kind of, it's important that we always go back, that we gird, right? That we fully protect what we know and believe. That's true. And it's, and it's your work. So I pray for every friend watching right now that in moments of confusion, <laughs> in moments of anxiety, in moments where uh, current events seem to overrun us because I know it happens to me at times, we would always fall back, that we'd always almost reground ourselves, if you will, on your word. And I thank you, Lord God, that that knowing the truth that is you actually brings us rest and peace in our spirits. So Lord God, you instructed us that this freedom, Galatians 5, Lord, (laughs) through Paul, the word instructs us that The freedom that we now have in you isn't just for us. No, it's not just for us and and to to indulge, but rather it's to pass it on. It's to love, and to serve. And part of that is the pursuit of the fruits of the Spirit. May that be a reflection of our lives. May we be known for that. So thank you, Lord God, once again, as we close today. Thank you for the freedom that we have in this country to do what we're doing right now. But even more so, the freedom that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Wow, what a powerful word. So much to think about. So much to pray through. Again, we want to make sure that you are a part of a small group. If you want help connecting or if you want prayer or if you want any of our pastors to reach out to you, make sure that you text the word Pacific to 84576. It's so important never to do this season alone. Now, we have questions for you. You can journal them or you can talk about them in your small groups. We just want to make sure that this word really resounds in your spirit. You get a second to meditate on what the Lord is speaking. So make sure you can screenshot or you can take a picture of the screen with your phone. Whatever is easiest, make sure you check out these questions. Question number one. How would you explain spiritual warfare in your own words? Why would Paul use so many military examples to write to the New Testament church? Number two, what defines truth for you? Have you let other things define what is true for you in the past? What are a couple ways that you can avoid that in the future? Number three, what does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? Why does this matter in living the life God desires for us? Such good questions. I'm excited to hear how the Lord speaks to you even through these questions. As a reminder, again, you can visit online at pacificcoast.church to follow us on social media, to see past messages, or even to give. You can text the word donation to give today. And you can also mail your checks in one more time to Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington 98467. I cannot tell you enough, friends. We need your prayers. We need your giving for everything that God has in store. It's really big stuff. We are so excited. Stay tuned and we'll see you next week.